Hi friends, welcome back to another episode of The Blow Up. I'm Courtney and you are listening to episode 10, hashtag in my feelings. I'm smoking on gelato pie still. Um, I smoked a little bit before this episode because I'm filming inside. So, um, feel free to pull your joints up, your blunts, your pens, edibles, whatever the case may be, whatever your cannabis consumption tool choice is. And I want to affirm your session, my session, even though it's already passed. But just like the air right now that we're breathing, the time that we're living in, um, your week rather, I want to affirm with empathy. Um, I've been thinking a lot about empathy, having empathy for other people, having empathy for yourself. And I think that that's a super important trait. And um, I think that it's so important that everybody should have it. And if you don't have it, you need to work on it because it's a very important life skill, people skill. Um, It just allows you to be able to connect with people, to understand people better, to not be a selfish bitch. So to not be a selfish bitch, learn how to get some empathy, learn how to be an empathetic person. Be empathetic to other people and be empathetic to yourself because I believe that having empathy for yourself is how you really like build that self-love and self-confidence and self-worth and that shit radiates on to others do onto yourself as you would want to be done for others and vice versa and with that being said I have a few affirmations for you guys in order to aid you in your empathy journey these are a fucking word are y'all ready for this there are people in the world who hold harsh and hurtful views and opinions in my mind i extend them a compassionate alternative to their old way of seeing the compassionate alternative exists in all situations with all people And I almost always am able to plug into that and be transformed by it. The universe cares for me fully and completely. I believe that there is always an alternative viewpoint. We don't ever have to see through harsh eyes. There is a compassionate alternative always. And with that being said, thank you, God for this session thank you god for this time thank you god for getting us through another week and with that being said amen that's the same shit that got the last whole touch that's the same shit that got your baby daddy fuck dummy if y'all seen that video y'all haven't seen that video go to my instagram at the blow dot up Make sure you follow on there. Get into the community and whatnot. And go watch it. It is a little funny because of like how like wretched it is. But I'm living for it. Because I know it just reminds me of FNF. Like that hard gutter street shit coming from the ladies in the rap game. Shout out to um, Bay Vanilla, Vanilla Visa's child. Vanilla Visa's out now. Check my bitch out um rapper from Detroit she was talking all of her shit not just half her shit all of her shit that street gutter shit from the girls in the rap game mwah, chef's kiss mwah, chef's motherfucking kiss um yeah happy Juneteenth friends that's just ugh. yes um I was watching keeping up with the Kardashians before I started recording and I was just like looking at Chris and she was like, oh, I'm a mama bear. I just 
don't like when people fuck my kids like it fucks with me this is my whole life and I thought about the tweet where somebody had said that if it was a black woman doing the shit that Kris Jenner does being the momager that Kris Jenner is then they would be called a pimp and I don't remember if they like directly called Kris a pimp herself or was just making like the analogy but that's so facts that's so facts and we we really gotta talk about it really gotta talk about it because chris is managing like five or six kids with like fucking two to three brands each and she got like how many kids she got she got like five six kids at times it's like five times two that's 10 different brands to work with as a one manager shit if that's three then that's 15 different brands like that's a busy bitch um all them kids got some shit going on she's getting some bread off of every single one of them but also i like chris i like the kardashians um i do i know they are culture vultures but that's just something about them that i like i i don't know what it is like i also get a lot of like style reference from them um i enjoy their style i enjoy their lifestyle i enjoy their show i enjoy their drama i think it's all very interesting and very palatable to me i really like it um i really think that it takes a different type of bitch to birth five kids that make so much money that like just you you can be born rich and not be able to create more wealth and just like sit on your trust but i think that it really takes brains and it takes um intelligence to be able to like create an empire like the kardashians have done and i think that that's all accredited to chris um i think it's one smart bitch um she used the men that have come into her life to put herself in a position to win and get resources and she has popped that pussy to make five more trust fund babies and i love it for her i really really do i really really do i respect her i do i respect a boss bitch and i see a boss bitch when i see her doing boss like activity shout out to chris jenner but not during juneteenth sorry um <laughs> My week, my week has been uh, full of big girl activity, actually. Um, been doing business-like things. I've taken a couple of meetings, actually. I have went out to go look at, like, spaces and venues and talk to people and set emails and set meetings and set dates and all of this stuff and I'm kind of proud of myself it's giving businesswoman like I have such I I don't think people understand how seriously I take my podcast this is very serious to me like I want this to be a livelihood for me so I'm doing what I have to do to be able to like solidify this and like you know make it as much of a legitimate brand as possible and I hope that that's really like um translating to the girls and seeing how serious i take this because i take it very very seriously um so i'm glad that i made some headway this week i really felt so productive but also in the same breath like even though i've been productive i haven't been like tired like burning myself out i'm just like that good amount of having a structured schedule this i i feel like my day has just been like healthy full you know what i'm saying like you know how you feel good after a good filling meal that's how i feel like my days have been this week um i i have my days where i'm like not doing slash feeling well emotionally which we're going to talk about in this episode but overall what i wanted to really focus on is not letting um like my anxiousness because that's what it's been throw me off and really take away from things that i want to do in life because i can't really let stuff like that stop me nobody can stop this okay so very proud of myself for that speaking of venues events and spaces and big girl business big girl activity shout out to the bbr book club presented by the blow up podcast 
bad bitches read to is my initiative to really shout out the bad bitches who are out here intellectually savvy i am a huge reader i've always been reading i've been um a big reader ever since i was super super young as like as young as i can remember i've always been reading it's my comfort um, I love a good fictional book, a good young adult book, a good thriller, a good mystery. Um, that's just like my safe space, my comfort, like a good pillow. I love a good book. Um, and I want to share that with the girls. And I know there's a lot of people who probably look at me and um, may pass judgment because I'm a pretty girl. Um, I smoke, I dress pretty skimpily and probably don't think much of me, but that's fine. Um, like the girls say, it's better to be underestimated because, um, I love to read and I think that there's a lot of bad bitches out here that like to read and I, that's why back to the Kardashians, I'm so sorry. That's why I really respect Kim because I mean like she gives very much bimbo vibes, but she's out here doing lawyer shit. You know what I'm saying? And I respect that duality, duality and everything. So that's what BBR book club is for. Um, signups are still open. There are a few more spaces left. Um, I think like four, four spaces because I'm only um, gonna have 15 of us in this first round of the book club. I just want to make sure that everybody's comfortable and that this is like an intimate setting to where we can all connect and um, there won't be a whole bunch of like talking over each other. And I want everyone to like kind of get to know each other. I want this to be um, very, what's the word? Like, I want everybody to like be comfortable just overall so i think it'd be better to have you know a small amount of girls at first just to like make sure that everything is straight before we expand so if you want to be a part of the be Bar book club um if you're interested we're going to be picking a book and meeting up every two weeks to discuss over a blurt some snacks and chitter chatter at my event space of choice it may change every other week it might stay the same who knows it depends on what's what um and if that sounds interesting to you make sure that you sign up on the form that i have linked in my bio it'll be in the um the what's it called like the podcast description so where i usually have my socials i'll have the link to the form like i said there's only like four more spaces so if you want to join i'm going to be closing the submissions after um monday so come tuesday morning if you haven't signed up i'm so sorry but you're gonna have to wait until i open them back up again um i think that's it Am I forgetting anything? No, I don't think so. BBR Book Club, bitch. Sign up now. Um, I am not going to lie. I am allowed to change my mind. I don't care. I know how last week I said that I wasn't going to have a job until November because I want to do this entrepreneurship shit. But I've come to the realization that I'm not happy not being able to spend money and, you know, do my leisurely like things because i don't have the budget to be able to do so like i just don't like that and it's been really causing me a lot of anxiety it's been making me upset and i've just been thinking about a way to remedy this um because i don't do lashes i don't do makeup i don't do any of that and i'm not going to be broke until i figure out what um i can do so i'm just gonna find a job that i'd be happy with and it's got I have what I've done, um, maybe like I think it was in February, I wrote down a very specific manifestation list of the next job that I would have. And um a few of those stipulations are that I make a certain amount of money. Um, so like I want a salary for sure. This needs to be a full time gig 
remote, remote. It's non-negotiable. Um, I want travel benefits. So whether that means being able to relocate or I have to travel for my job or, um, you know, whatever, that's definitely a priority of mine needs to be remote or like a hybrid. I don't need to be in somebody's office eight hours a day. No. Um, the salary is a very big thing for me. Um, I need to be able to save and I'm not going to be living paycheck to paycheck. So hourly is not going to work for me unless it's like $25 or more an hour. $20 an hour is not even going to cut it these days, bitches inflation. Y'all know I was at the gas station, uh, last night, late night, and I was trying to go get some gas and literally none of the pumps were working. Who closes the gas station at 11 o'clock at night? That's retarded as fuck. Um, but I was looking around to see if any of them were working. And y'all, when I said that I've never seen so many gas booths with $10 on it, $5 on it, $15, $20, people don't got it right now. And that was honestly scary to see. Like, I saw at least, like, a lot of the pumps had $10 on it. It was wild as fuck. I was like, damn, damn. And I'll be feeling bad when I put 20. You know what I'm saying? I saw one for uh, $5 today. I was like, damn. People out here, out here are really fucking struggling. And I hate to see it. But it just goes to show like people aren't making enough money. People are literally living paycheck to paycheck. And the paychecks don't even be lasting until the next paycheck, bitch. Um, no, even the unemployment that I'm getting right now does n- is not even, it's not even half of what I was making at my job. So unemployment's not shit. If they aren't unemployed, bitch, you're basically starving. I thank God that I live at home because if I was moved out right now and I didn't have no job, I was, you know, depending on fucking unemployment to hold me over, I'd be homeless. I'd be homeless because that shit is not enough. What the fuck? Um, so... Yeah, I'm going to get a job, and it's going to be remote. It's going to be salaried, and it's going to have nice benefits, and travel is going to be included. I um have applied in some industries that I've been interested in previously, but I was just kind of too scared to go for it. And now that I have more experience, I feel like I'm more like of a candidate, more of like a viable candidate. So I'm excited to see how this goes. Um. I my top pick is a cannabis company and I really 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 hope that I get uh called back by these people because this would be like a dream um I've learned so much um I'm all about learning at a job when I have a job it needs to benefit me in some type of way um it needs to be like good as money of course but i need to be like gaining some knowledge i need to be you know digging into my purpose doing something that's like gonna benefit me in some type of other way besides financial and working at this specific company it would be amazing as i'd be able to learn so much about the cannabis industry just cannabis and education uh it'd be an amazing opportunity overall so i hope and I pray that I get into that. I thought about um, flight attending. Um, high key, I saw something about like yacht attending. I get into that low key. Just for, like a cute little summer job. I'm really just looking for some things like hold me over right now. Like I really went into bombshells the other day for a job. I don't think they're going to hire me because I was bald. So um, I need like one of these big girl jobs I'm applying for to pull through, but I also need something on the side. So when I turned 21, um, I believe that the universe has not allowed me to become a bottle girl because I am green to the streets and I'm a little, I'm a little naive to the, to the world, um, to have been in the nightlife industry, bottle grilling it out. Um, like I told y'all before, I would got ate the fuck up when I got, that like first bottle girl opportunity i got ate up bitch because i was not ready not ready it was like 19 like fresh 19 
Um, I must be 21. I feel like I'm a lot more seasoned in like life shit, a lot more like mature and able to handle certain situations that come with working as a bottle girl. Um, or sorry, friends, my alarm went off. I have an eight o'clock alarm so that um, I can like mentally trigger myself to unwind. Um, but like I was saying, yeah, I'm just not ready to be like, don't fucking bottle girl or cocktail wages or whatever. Um, so hopefully I can like start doing that when I turn 21 for like a side little side hustle, cute little two days a week. Um, I just need a couple of extra thousand in my life. So hopefully that will be able to provide in that aspect. Anywho, so this episode's going to be about my shadow work. I didn't realize that I was doing so much shadow work until I took a look at my journal. My journal has been um, established in the pandemic. So like June 2020 is when I first made like my first entry in it, maybe like July, whatever. And um, my last entry has been yesterday. So June of 2022. So it has two years worth of entries in there. Literally two years. That's two years worth of evolution, y'all. It's so wild to be able to read back on my past thoughts, feelings, and see patterns throughout the dates. One of my favorite things to do in my journal is to go back and read like a year ago from today, two years ago from today. It's very cool to go back and see like it's the same thing like playing out right now, the same pattern playing out right now. Um, what's changed? Um, type shit, type shit. It's very, very interesting to see. So I've been super, super anxious um, these past couple of weeks. And um, I've been more intense on myself about my self-care including journaling, because I want to get to the bottom of it. I want to know, like, what's causing me to be so anxious and feel this this way. Um, because when I tell you, like, I didn't realize that I was having really bad anxiety until I was watching Autumn's Snapchat story, and she was talking about her anxiety and how she feels in her stomach. And I've been having stomach problems for a very long time now. And um, it's, like, not a very long time. It's, like, fairly recent. And I didn't used to have this issue like I'll feel like my stomach hurting my chest will get tight and um I'll just like feel this like weird breathing like I'll, I'll be very conscious of my breathing and my stomach gets real tight and like my chest gets tight and it's just not a good time and I realized that I I, I hold my anxiety within my chest and my stomach and my throat so um I'm just like this cannot go on for any longer because I I'm just never relaxed ever <laughs> and this needs to stop like it's affecting my sleep um I just notice that like I'm just anxious throughout the day and you know certain things trigger me so I'm so I've started journaling about it and I've noticed a couple of things um throughout this process of trying to figure out what is wrong with me right now mentally I have a lot of negative self-talk and I've talked about this before, basically like your inner self, self-critic, that negative inner voice, that little bitch inside. Let me not call her a bitch because really that negative self-talk is your inner child. Um, I have a picture of my little child self right here on the bed, right here on the wall next to my bed. And it just helps me remember like who I do this shit for, who I come from um who I am and you know there's a lot of things that your inner child has taken in throughout the course of your life that has shaped your inner conscious to be what it is and that voice takes on some of those things um and it's not it's it's just your inner child trying to keep you safe it's your inner child that's like you know, 
that hasn't been introduced to the life that you're living now to the truth to the reality of things because your inner child is just you know the version of you that was trying to survive um you know whatever environment whatever problems you were experiencing at the time so a lot of people don't do healing work inner inner self work so they don't understand or even know that there's a difference between their actual self and the inner child that might be talking and giving them that negative self-talk my negative inner critic has been louder than ever recently and i didn't realize that this was even a problem until i started meditating day well i'm not gonna say daily because i don't do it daily but i try to do it daily um but i've been meditating more regularly i'll say and when you start to meditate more regularly do your yoga more regularly um you just start to become more mindful of your mental space and your thoughts and your consciousness so i'm trying to get to the root of why i'm so anxious in the morning and i'm taking just like note of my thoughts and you know where is this anxiousness rooting from like what am i scared of i think that anxiety roots from fear so what am i scared of so i'm just like really trying to like analyze my thoughts and over time i start to realize that i am just like talking shit to myself in my head and i'm like what the fuck is this like why are you why do you think these things like why are you saying this to yourself and um i'm not doing it on purpose but it's just like you know uh what are those thoughts that you know pop up in your head really like in incessantly like whenever you're on the road and something's telling you to run stop sign but you don't do it those type of thoughts that's how it feels and it's not like i'm trying to like talk to myself like this on purpose but it's just like it's there and um i can't really help it so whenever i realized i was having these thoughts i was like you know these have come from my past self my past life my past environments past situations that have threatened my inner security my safety my emotional security like as a little girl um child teenager young adult whatever these are thoughts that have been you know reinforced through situations that have caused me to feel a certain way about myself and certain characteristics about my life that I have a perspective of now that isn't true anymore. So, for example, um, what's a good example? What's a good example? Uh, okay, so, like, y'all know I'm not in school right now. So, my parents feel that I have made a huge mistake and i'm wasting time and i'm being lazy and i don't want to work i don't want to work but you know like in the grand scheme of things i don't i'm not really trying to do anything with my life my mom actually sent me a meme two weeks ago and it was actually kind of funny but she was it was a meme that said we did all that crying at your graduation just for you to work at cbas girl why would you send me that <laughs> why would you send me that i was like okay but over the course of the past year there's been so much back and forth about this you know my choice of living right now that those conversations those sentiments from my parents have been cemented in my head in you know how i view myself and how I view my like advancement in the world, how I view myself as a person. And so now I'm realizing that when I wake up in the morning, the first thing that I think of is, oh, great, another day where we need to find something productive to do so that we're not being lazy because I'm scared of being called lazy because I'm not in school right now and I don't have a regular nine to five right now. Like, 
that's what I'm thinking in my head unconsciously and then it manifests into the fear of being a lazy girl who isn't going to achieve anything and be homeless and bummy and then that transforms into anxiety because now I have all of this pressure on myself to perform like a fucking monkey throughout the day to prove these um to to prove this voice wrong yes but ultimately that voice is the voice of my parents so ultimately prove my parents wrong so now I put all of this pressure not only on myself but my whole day to be the opposite of what my parents have, have projected onto me that's so much fucking pressure that's so much fucking pressure no wonder my stomach hurts <laughs> no wonder my fucking stomach hurts like that is the case for a lot of people if you take a look at, a, at your anxiety if you talk with your therapist if you do some journaling over time you'll start to notice the same pattern with yourself because i think that this is what anxiety is to the core of it to the root of it and i think i've cracked the code with everything that i've just said like that's literally the cycle of how anxiety is formed just like that and it's not fair to myself to be beating myself up and judging and shaming myself into you know believing these things that ultimately i don't think about myself I just feel so shameful that other people think it about me or feel that way about the things that I'm doing and don't agree with me and don't see what I see. And like, I have internalized a lot of the thoughts and feelings of other people and it's fused with my own consciousness, with my own perspective. So now I'm learning that I have to separate other people from me. I have been so enmeshed with my parents my whole life that I've made their thinking, their feelings, their perspective, my thinking, my feelings, and my perspective. And that's not fair to myself because I pride myself on being an individual, a woman of my own platform and standing and thoughts and feelings. And I know that I do things the way that I do things because I know what's best for me and I know where I want to go in this life and all I get shit. So... I need to I need to cut the cord. I need to cut the cord. Um that's the, that's what's going to fix this anxiety shit right there. And every time that I get anxious, I have been doing like that analyzation, where is it coming from? What voice are you hearing right now? And I tell myself to tell that voice that it's not true. And I comfort myself because at the end of the day, like I said, that voice is not it's not a little bitch it is my little courtney it's a little courtney in there crying for help trying to keep big courtney safe she doesn't know any better so i have to teach her and bring her up to speed on what reality is and who i am today it doesn't matter even even if you know, those things were true in the past. I know that that's not who I am today. So why do I have to still subscribe to those, those, uh, those narratives? It, it's not, it's not true. So I tell myself that it's not true. It's not right. They shouldn't have said that to you or, or that shouldn't have happened. This is just an example, but this the principle still remains with so many aspects like something as simple as um what's it called i don't know i don't know but on every scale the principle remains the same um i don't have to subscribe to those narratives i really don't even if i was this type of person or i did this type of thing or you know Ooh, good example. So my style. Okay, so I used to dress like, um, I don't even know. I can't even describe my style. But I used to dress a certain type of way. And I think the pinnacle of my old way of dressing was last summer. And I really loved the way that I dressed last summer. Like, I looked beautiful. I think that was the most beautiful that I've looked thus far in my life, to be honest. Like, besides when I was, like, 18. Like, last summer, I was fucking sexy. And I think that I've been trying so hard to emulate 
what I was giving last summer as far as my style that like it's not giving at all. Maybe it's just in my head, but I think that, you know, I have to move on and, um, you know, accept who I am now and the new style that I want to venture into now instead of trying to like recreate and re, you know, was just recreate this whole style that I had going on once upon a time ago, like I'm about to be 21 years old. I was 19 and 20 when I was dressing how I was dressing. It's really time for a new wardrobe, to be quite honest. So, I mean, it's just, it's just time for growth. I'm ready for growth. All across the scale. That was just an example. But, you know, just think about the wardrobe of your mind. Um, is it time for you to clean out? Is it time for you to reorganize? Is it time for you to get a new style, get a new way of thinking, subscribe to your own thinking? Yes, it is. Yes, the fuck it is. Um, yeah, I just want to, like, I'm tired of letting other people and, you know, not even just people, but media and just other things I've observed run how I feel that I should feel things should be going. Because ultimately, I know what I want. And I know how I see myself and I know how I feel about certain things at the core of my being. Um, But I think that I let the opinions and like the standards and, you know, all this other shit of external trump what I think sometimes or not even trump it, but intermix and intertwine and change. Um, and I don't want to do that anymore. I think that I am who I am because God made me to be who I am for a reason. I think how I think for a reason. I think very differently. Um, I am a different person. Everybody's different. And that's why I believe that everybody should just be who they are. And everybody should just stay in their fucking lane and worry about what's in their lane. And stop worrying about what's in the next person's lane. Because everybody is in their lane for a reason. And I know what the fuck is going on over here. And I got this shit. So I don't need all of this external trying to dip their toes into what I have going on. Because I got, I got this over here. That's what I'm realizing. I'm much stronger, much smarter, much more creative, much more um, just like, just overall more of a woman and more of myself in all of the positive aspects than I've ever been and more aware of the fact that I'm all of those things than I've ever been and I'm a lot smarter than I give myself credit for so I'm ready to lean into that all the way and I'm gonna people are gonna be mad when I really get to the point of confidence where I really want to be Within myself, people are going to be mad because once you're confident in yourself and when you know who you are and what you aren't, that offends some people. And that's a good thing because you should always want to be yourself completely and authentically um, so that you don't have like these um, external factors being able to enmesh with you so that you are able to repel things that don't align with you. Um that actually goes into another thing I wanted to kind of touch on, which is people pleasing. I want every, not, I don't want everybody to like me, but I want to be cool with everybody. I don't want no beef, no drama, no nothing. I like to be cordial and polite and respectful with everybody. And I want a good relationship with everybody. And with that, I think that, um, that's where I've been going wrong because everybody's not for you. And um, if you're trying to be for everybody, you aren't being true to yourself because that means that you're taking traits from all of the people who aren't really meant to be in your life and who really don't align with you um, just to be able to connect with them. Because that's the only way that you're going to connect with like people you have you share certain things in common and if you're connecting with people that don't align with you that means that you're taking on or maybe you're mirroring some traits some of the traits that you really shouldn't have or you really shouldn't be taking on does that make sense 
I think that's a, that's a part of people pleasing. And I have that problem sometimes. I want to be able to connect with everybody, but everybody's not for me. Um, I need to be okay with setting boundaries for myself. I used to think that boundaries were for keeping other people out, but really boundaries are for keeping yourself in. And part of my self-love journey that I'm going on includes all of this shadow work because, you know, this is all under a big umbrella of self-love. And, I, you know, one of the little foundations of it is people-pleasing. I um, allow myself to want to, you know, please people and appease them. And I think that by doing that, I've put them on a pedestal. That's what I think that's where that comes from, putting people on a pedestal because I think, well, oh, it's this person, it's that person, they've done this, they've done that, they think this way, they know so much, or blah, say, blah, say, blah. So maybe what they say is golden, or maybe they know a little bit more than me, blah, say, blah, say, blah. Um, and it just makes me more likely to take on that I feel like I'm repeating myself a little bit, but I'm just trying to like connect all of these points because I'm I'm really onto something. But it just like it makes me take on their their points of view on certain things. Um because I don't have those boundaries of like, okay, well, what do you think of this before you let Sally Sosa tell you that it's not? Am I making, I don't think I'm making sense. So let's say that I think that this guy is blue because it is. I see it. And I meet Sally and she has been a spy expert, a sky expert for 40 years. Um, she comes along and I love this guy. I am obsessed with this guy. And I meet her. I know all about her. We become cool. And I look up to her a lot because she's a sky expert. I love this guy. So, of course, I want to connect with you. I want to know what you think. And you're telling me that the sky is actually green, even though I see very clearly as like clear as day, the sky is blue. But because I hold you in high regard, I put you on this pedestal, I'm going to take what you're saying um, with more than a grain of salt. I'm like, well, maybe she's right. She's been a sky expert for 40 years. So maybe I'm tripping just a little bit. It might just be green. I still think it's blue, but it might be green. Um... I hope that this is a good analogy. I'm a little high, so I hope this makes sense. Do y'all feel me? I don't know. Make sure y'all let me know if this makes sense. But that is essentially how it goes for me. I put people on pedestals and I allow them to kind of like, swivel my thinking or like second guess myself and I think that that's where that fear and the anxiety comes from essentially is what I'm trying to say um I am really working on trying to like detach myself from this and putting up those boundaries is the first step I feel bad for putting up boundaries a lot of the time because if I, I'd be losing sleep over putting up boundaries because I'd be caring so much about people and I don't be wanting to hurt feelings and at the core of it, I'm a very kind person. Like I'm very caring. Like I want to do things for people. I want to be very kind to you always. I want to shower you in love and affection. However, I can't keep giving my energy and um, my connection to people and things um, because I believe that people become people pleasers, pleasers of society 
in now of the internet as well. I can't keep giving my connection to things that are not reciprocating. Um, I just can't do it. I feel like that's just like an energy monster, an energy sucker. Um, that's where that fear and that anxiety comes from because I start to lose my sense of self, my sense of autonomy, um, my intuition. All those things are super, super important to me. That's what makes me who I am. And I want to make sure that I am, you know, putting, making myself a priority, protecting little Courtney, uh, you know, first priority. I think about little Courtney more than ever now. I'm just like, if somebody were to say this shit to like little Courtney, like I would slap the fuck out of them. Like, and I'm not going to let, you know, little Courtney subscribe to a lot of the things that like my inner critic might say. Um, I just wouldn't, I just wouldn't let it slide. So I'm not going to let it slide now for a big me. I'm just not going to do it. So, um, I'm very picky about who I am letting have a say in my life, who have a word in my life, who give advice. Um, if you haven't, you know, if you aren't, of like the same values and principles as me don't really have any words to offer me of value because we're just not on the same shit mentally I think that's very important um taking things with a grain of salt from people and things that don't align with you because what the fuck can you do with that nothing everybody's projecting everybody's living off their experience and um that's why you should just worry about what the fuck you have going on and do you because at the end of the day we're all just trying our best out here we're all just vibing um that's basically the shadow work that i've been doing i feel like my journal has served as a shadow workbook I didn't realize that that's what it was giving until I was reading through all of it. But um, I feel like I only have a few more pages left, maybe like 50 pages left. It, it's I think it's like a 300 and something page book. It's a very thick book, apparently. It's small, but it has a lot of pages. And I'd be writing front and back. I don't waste a page. Um, it's full of writing. So I'm thinking... But whenever I finish writing in this book, that's when my shower work of like this era will be done. I hope. I hope. And I feel like that's when my like my true abundance will come in. So I'm like low-key trying to write in the journal at every convenience, every time something happens. Like I'm writing that fucking book. Because I want to see what happens whenever I finish the book. Um I haven't been writing, like, my thoughts and feelings in any other book. It's literally just been that one. So, that's a lot of thoughts and a lot of feelings, a lot of memories. And I'm going to hold all of my journals and diaries very uh, near and dear to my heart so that I can, A, bring to my therapist. And um, I want to kind of, like, I don't know if I'll have, like, my daughters read them or anything like that. But, like, I don't know. I just want to make my kids know that it's okay to, like, have these journals. Having a journal has saved my life. As much as I love reading, I also like writing, I've learned. Um, I used to journal a lot back in the day. I stopped for so long that I realized now in the past two years that it's the biggest comfort, the biggest stress reliever. Um, if you don't journal, I advise you to journal. It is a beautiful self-care tool. It's, if you're an anxious person, person if you're an anxious person, um, if you have depression, anything like that, I really recommend that you get a journal too. Logger thoughts. It's very encouraging to read back through your journal and be able to see improvement. Um, it's chef's kiss, a really amazing tool. So, um, there's more work to be done. Obviously, like shadow work never ends. Um, I get really tired sometimes, but shadow work is you know the key to your blessings. So I have faith that once this like chapter is done that there's a lot of abundance on the other like side of the door for me
on another note, I want to discuss Mr. Aubrey Graham, Mr. Drake, and his new album, Honestly, Nevermind. Is that the name of it? Let me fact check. Champagne Poppy. Okay, look at the profile picture chain. Not your pussy is calling my name. Drake is a fool. I love how Drake is like so aware of like the pop culture surrounding his brand. I really enjoy when celebrities like join in on the fun and are just like aware of like the pop culture around like who they are on the internet. I think it's very, very funny. I think it's very hilarious. Um, yeah, honestly, never mind. Is what is it classified as on Apple Music? That's a good question. Let me see. This is his seventh studio album. It came as a surprise not too long after Beyonce um announced her new project. No surprise. That's what all the girls do. Um Beyonce says I'm coming, and the other bitches say, Let me put my shit out. Because once Beyonce puts her shit out, best believe I'm in there like motherfucking grits. I've been to two Beyonce tours, so I want to make this my third, okay? And let her... <sighs> this is about Drake, but I just want to talk about this real quick. I'm manifesting seeing Beyonce in a festival. I missed her at Coachella. And I love that Coachella Light album, like none other, bitch. I play it so often. I think it's probably like my favorite, like body of work of hers. And that's over her self-titled album. I will see her in a festival. And I also want to see Drake. I do want to see Drake in concert. I want to see him with like floor seats because I want to turn the fuck up. I feel like he'd be a great concert. I think he's a great performer. He knows he knows his brand. He knows how to put on a show. Like, he knows business. And I appreciate that about him. All right, so let's see. What is his shit classified as on Apple Music? Let's take a looky look. It's classified as dance on Apple Music. So off the bat he's letting y'all know he is not here on the r&b sound vibes because i'm gonna be honest like i was expecting so i saw i saw chitter chatter about this being like a uh future and drake collab which i actually still am waiting on but i just thought this was gonna be some toxic nigga shit like moving on shit that's like I was getting because i am moving on from a situation so i was like let me get a soundtrack to this so when I started listening to this, because I did listen to it as soon as it came out, and I never do that. I like to usually wait until weeks after projects have dropped so that I can really soak in the album for what it is and not what Twitter says it is. Um, but I listened to the project the night that it dropped, and I listened to it all the way through, not no phone on, just vibes. I just vibed out, and I listened to it. And I was very caught off guard. Not gonna lie, I was very, very caught off guard. I was not expecting intros to sound like that. Um, actually, I'm not. I wasn't too surprised. But once it got to two and three's tracks in, that's when I was thrown off because I was like, okay, like you're still on this passion fruit shit. And then I realized by like track four and five that he was serious because I didn't think I wasn't taking it serious at first because usually I don't listen to nor do I really care for his island vibes I was like oh he's still Jamaican and I was like okay that's fine but like where's R&B and you know as the tracks went on like I never thought it was bad but I typically don't like gravitate towards that music like that type of music is just not in my library like the the islander sound um but i do like tom mish and he has more of like a jazz rhythmic um house vibe so i'm more inclined to listen to that now because of tom mish so i was still able to like remain engaged um even though i was thrown off but like i said it wasn't 
bad. I was just thrown off because it was coming from Drake and I was expecting some other shit. Um, I really liked Texco Green. Um, my number one is Calling My Name. I love Calling My Name. That was the first one that I was like, ooh, I like this. Like, I can dance this. Like, well, once I start rocking my hips and my shoulders, that's how I know. That's the motherfucking move. So I like that one. Um, I still, well, I definitely like Jimmy Cooks. I know that that wasn't the vibe of the whole album, but I definitely like that hoe. Um, I need to run it back for a couple more weeks to be able to give, like, official, um, like, word on what my favorites are because honestly like it all kind of ran together because I listened to it all in one take um but calling my name was not my number one I did like Texco Green Sticky was cute um and Jimmy Cooks of course 21 Savage ran that hell like motherfucker track me per usual 21 Savage has been going the fuck off on his features and I definitely need another motherfucking album from him a motherfucking sap and I do want to see him in concert as well um overall I think it was a very nice album um it was different of course but I'm not mad at it it's a cute summer vibe I've all I just said last episode I want more music that's more representative of the times that we're in the eras that we're in so like if we were in the like we're in a reflective era of the 70s you know like happy-go-lucky walking around with our titties out smoking weed festivals dancing good time da, 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 da. that's what this album is giving and that's true artistry i fuck with dr seuss because dr seuss was an artist more than an author and that's also why i love the movies um if you take a look at some history about dr seuss you know that his books were reflective of the times so like, during world war Two or whatever and like just like history shit he had like little subliminals little messages inside of his books that were reflective of you know the societal shit that was going on in america at the time and that's what i want from our music as well i want our artists to get back to being artists artists are not artists anymore and that's what makes me so mad about the state of our music is that everybody's looking to make a quick single a quick buck um a quick little tiktok song and nobody wants to build their artistry. Nobody wants to build their catalog. Nobody wants to make a story. Nobody wants to curate a vibe. Um, everybody just wants to be the talk. Everybody wants to be the face. Everybody wants to be, you know, I'm sick of it. Like, everything is a popularity conversation and competition. Why is nobody here to do their job? You know what I'm saying? So I applaud you, Drake. Also, because I think that, um, I, I don't think it's all Drake. I think that these labels have a very big hand in pushing artists in where they need to go or where they want them to go slash where they need to go. Um, musically, if you take a look at Lotto, um, and her come up, I've been following Lotto ever since the rap game. I love her. Everybody who knows me knows that I've been rocking her shit ever since she was on the rap game. Every project that she came out with after that, I rock with. And I fuck with her because she was on that gangster shit. She was on that gutter shit. Talking that shit as a female rapper. But as she came up with a uh, with a label after she signed, she started making uh, intersectional music. Music that could appeal to the masses. Not just my demographic, A-E, or I-E, um a gen z black girl but we got hits like big energy we got wheelie and we now we have sunshine um what else she has a song with like some some bitch overseas and they're doing that so she can tap into all these demographics all of these markets because even though rap is um rap and r&b i.e black people music is the number one genre a universal genre i went to the pool this week and i heard white girls listening to g hero i was so thrown off or no it was y and Fenlucci. i was like these white hoes know about white Fenlucci. i'm talking about white white bitches they was listening to y and Lucci. rap and r&b is a like the number one genre right now even though that is the case 
it needs to be digestible to white people for them to be able to really make that motherfucking bag and for them to be able to go on the VMAs and the Grammys to perform that shit. Look at Megan Thee Stallion. Savage. She has a remix with Beyonce. That whole went up. The white people who's on that shit. Body. Body, yada, 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 yada. The white people love that shit. Um, what else does she have? Y'all, y'all get the motherfucking point. Shit has to be digestible to white people for, you know, not even just white people, but the masses across nationalities, um, overseas. This is why you have to travel. This is why you hoes have to get a passport. That's why I have to get a passport. This is why you have to have to have to get the fuck out of your state, out of your city, and go see some shit and go explore some motherfucking shit and see some other people and explore other people's culture. In America, in the clubs, y'all hoes just be sitting on the wall and looking at your phone in the cl- in, in a section in the club. But when you go to motherfucking Mexico, when you go to Europe, when you go to Italy, when you go to the motherfucking clubs, they have dance floors, first of all, because they know how to have a good fucking time. And they're not on some, um, some like, I don't want to say stuck-up shit, but, like, they're not on some too-cool-for-school shit. They're dancing. They're, you know, they're they're dressing up very, like, um, avant-garde. Is that how you say it? Among avant-garde. I don't know how to say it, but like they are they they take their fun seriously. They're not just there to show off their outfit and take pictures. Like they're there to have a good time. Um they they dance, they they jump, they they dance with each other. This is the type of vibe that this album was curated for. This album was curated for the overseas clubs that's what this was for when you go to mexico when you go to tulum you're gonna hear this shit i guarantee you i guarantee you y'all hoes better get a passport now because this is business and i think that the industry knows that you know in order for rappers to be able to have their longevity, they need to have this hallmark of being able to make it overseas before you can, you know, dive into the true nigga shit of rap. Drake has already dominated the black market. We already know what he came to do. He already did that shit. He has served us for many albums, many mixtapes and EPs. He needed to put the final nail in the coffin of his legend status because I do believe that Drake is a legend. I used to be the biggest Drake hater. Not even the biggest Drake Drake hater, but I I went through like a phase in high school where I was like, I'm just not fucking with this. And it was during Views because honestly, I still don't really care for that album. There's some bops on there, but he could have kept that shit or put some songs on like a little mixtape and made it as short as a... Dark Lane demo tapes or whatever the fuck it's called. He could have made that bitch like a five song little mixtape. All that was not necessary. But um he is definitely a legend and he just needed this final little in the in the coffin so that he could solidify himself as an international superstar rapper. You need to be able to do pop, do rap. I, th- why you think Beyonce did motherfucking daddy lessons, bitch? She did country because she's that motherfucking girl. She's a superstar. You need to prove your motherfucking versatility as an artist to be able to call yourself an artist, in my opinion. And I think that, like, the the niggas, really, because all of the ladies, or not all of them, but, you know, most of the ladies that I've seen have been, like, they've been with the vibes of this album. But the niggas are, like, devastated that this is what he came out with them niggas was saying i'm gonna just go back and listen to certified lover boy no i love certified lover boy as well but i'm so for artists exploring new sounds i'm so for people just exploring new versions of themselves in general and i think it's not fair for us to pigeonhole um these artists into one genre into one sound um because then y'all gonna be saying this nigga been having the same sound since 1967 like fuck they can never really please us i think he did a good job good for you drake explore your sound get the motherfucking bag first of all because this i'm gonna get him a motherfucking bag um y'all just need to like diversify your own palette 
diversify your palette um y'all listen to only one type of music Don Perignon music and you don't even live a Don Perignon life first of all I think that people need to start living through these rappers and go outside and touch some motherfucking grass and explore the beauty of other people and other cultures and other things in this world that are to be appreciated and uh, maybe you'll be able to diversify your musical palette all good things must come to an end and with that being said this is the end of hashtag and my feelings i hope you guys really enjoyed this episode i had a very good time this episode actually i thought this was a really good episode i feel like every time i write my outline um on paper the episode turns out amazing so shout out to motherfucking episode 10 um make sure you follow the podcast on instagram at bblow.up if you want to sign up for our book club bbr bad bitches read um sign up using the link in the description or in any of the descriptions of any of the social media accounts um remember we only have four more spaces and we will be starting the book club um soon so oh no actually sorry i'll actually be like closing the application on tuesday so your time was limited regardless so tap in tap in ace up we're gonna have to wait i'm so sorry about it um leave a review um five star bitches um let the girls know how much you love listening to the love every motherfucking sunday share the link to this episode with a gal pal share with a group chat it's not gonna hurt you it's free 99 to be a real bitch so thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of the vlog podcast once again i'm courtney and you can follow me on instagram at i am that's i'm court two um and i will see y'all next time i love you so 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 much to live.